So, DJ, either way, I was going to ask you to bring it in if the Eagles had lost to the Cowboys because I would have been so dejected. But because they have triumphed over Dallas, um, I'm just sort of out there and I'm still basking in the glory of that victory. So please bring this in. That was such a good game. All right. This is Corkscrew Convos, another theme park podcast. My name is DJ. And my name is Chris. And we're here to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, Ohana noodles, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get our disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations or Ohana noodles affiliated with those individuals. I'm looking forward to this episode. I am too. And typically we have, uh, dear listener, in all of our disclaimers and right before that in the intro to the episode, we we do have a subject we like to throw in there to make it fun. I did an audible, Chris, and I think an audible is a great term to throw in tonight um, after this stupendous day of football. Both of our teams won. My team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, I'm from Kansas City. I'm not a bandwagoner. Um, They won in the land of Germany outside of the States. And you had a victory today as well. Yes, I, I think I'm sort of riding that high still where uh, it's, it's funny how football can have a bearing on your uh, mood for the rest of the day. But you're feeling good right now. I'm feeling good. We're in that sweet spot right now. So I can't wait to hear about your journey down to Orlando and the fun that you had with your family. But first, I do need to have a quick follow up with you and the dear listener itself. In the last episode, I made a big deal about how many pumpkins I had procured over the fall season. And I'm looking at some of them right now. I had 10 pumpkins, DJ, that I bought this year. And did you do anything with the 10 pumpkins? Did they they rot? Uh, How quickly did they stay around? Did you have to fight with any of premature rotting? Well, my neighbor's pumpkins, they, they carved them and they put them out and they look nice. I mean, they... I'm not a pumpkin critique in terms of jack-o'-lanterns, but they barely made it to Halloween. They were already starting to fade there, and that made me a little nervous. That gave me pause. I want my pumpkins to be there for the long haul because I think we're in the sweet spot right now where the Halloween decorations, I pretty much already took mine down. But if we play our cards right, we can have dual-purpose decorations that sort of bridge the gap towards Thanksgiving. Because I know if you see Thanksgiving decorations at like a, a big box store or a, an Applebee's or something like that. A Cracker if, Barrel. A Cracker Barrel, exactly. If they haven't already gone to Christmas, and most of them probably have, but if they haven't, there would be like a cornucopia and like a, one of those ugly pumpkins that has all the uh, bumps on it and that's discolored and, and stuff. A different type of squash, I guess, more than more so than a pumpkin. But pumpkins definitely have a role to play in this sort of no man's land that we're in right now that used to be considered Thanksgiving season or the the Thanksgiving ramp to that beautiful holiday before a lot of people start turning to Christmas. Now, I think that battle has been lost, but uh, I, I wanted to hold on to my pumpkins. That's where we're going with this here. I bought 10 pumpkins. I don't have 10 pumpkins with me anymore right now. I've sort of downsized, well, not downsized, I've right-sized my pumpkins, mm-hmm. DJ. Are you, where do you, do you go to a patch to purchase yours? Or are you no. more of the, go to the grocery store, it's in the cardboard container, that's what you do? 
Every single time I have purchased pumpkins this year, it has been because the deal was too good to pass up. The first time I was at Harris Teeter, they had five little handheld pumpkins for $4. I mean, how could you not get it? That started off my Halloween decorations this year, was those little pumpkins. And most of those are gone now because I got those in early September and they, um, yeah. Uh, Next, it was at Target and they had medium-sized pumpkins for like $6. And I'm like... These are big pumpkins. I could really do something with these. So I got three of them, and I'm looking at them right now. And then a couple weeks later, I think early October, I was at Costco, as one does, and they had enormous pumpkins. I guess they were Costco-sized pumpkins for only $7 each. And I said, you know, I already have some pumpkins, but I could use some more at this deal. So I ended up with 10 pumpkins in total. And uh, I'm not regretting that. I think it was a lot of fun. It's a little bit of whimsy. And I mean, last year I didn't even have a pumpkin. So I I don't regret that. Did you happen to meet Lewis at Target? No, who was Lewis? Okay, we will save that for a future episode. I want you to look up Lewis at Target after this on TikTok. Oh, okay. I'll buckle it's up for adjacent. that. And I'm interested adjacent? to see okay. if Lewis sticks around for next year. But eh, very interesting. I've never seen a pumpkin at Costco, and that might be because I didn't go. Because I bought October. them all. Well, f- fair. Yeah. Fair. So and you know the Costco secrets about how the last number dictates in the price whether or not it's a steeper discount and the, the dreaded star. Do you know about those? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard about that. And the trouble with that is I buy what I know at Costco because if I don't, it's going to be a $500 trip and I cannot yes. do that. So I need to limit yes. myself to uh, this soup, this pack of protein bars, uh, and other things paper like towels. that. Yeah, paper towels. I'll buy yours worth paper. of paper towels for me because otherwise it's going to get out of hand. I mean, I did get uh, this bag, now here we're going off the rails here, but I did get this bag of dried edamame that were lightly salted and I'm still... I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. High in protein, low in other stuff. But, oh, it's... Costco can be quite a quite a thing here, DJ, but I ended up with 10 pumpkins and I need to get something off my chest with those pumpkins. Sure. They have brought me joy. And I'm glad that I bought them. I still have many of them. But I didn't end up carving any of them. Mm. And I'm okay. trying to... I'm trying to interpret that. I mean, what does Did that mean? Did you paint any of them? No. I mean, I would have sooner carved a pumpkin than painted it. But I'm going to justify my actions and say I did it because I want to hold on to them longer in this no man's land between Halloween and Thanksgiving that we're in right now. If I had carved them and they were out in the heat or out on the balcony or something Mm -hmm. and and getting exposed to the elements and the squirrels, they would already be gone by now. Right now I can cherish my pumpkins for longer now that we are in early November than if I were to have carved them. I mean, when it comes down to it, I even had the carving tools. I had stencils picked out and everything. But sometimes life just gets busy, DJ. So I still have those tools. Maybe I'll use them next year. Maybe I'll even carve a pumpkin later in November. I mean, who says pumpkins have to be carved only in October? I think that is a like a a concept or something that pumpkins only have to be carved. uh, Excuse my language, but they only have to be carved in October. And I think that's bigger than 
I think we can think beyond that, honestly. I think you can handle that. I think the dear listener can handle that. They can uh, uh, carve pumpkins whenever they want. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't know because I, I'm about to be gone a, a little bit. And if I carve a pumpkin, I won't be able to cherish it anymore. That's the trouble. I mean, these these gourds are pretty much shelf-stable right now uh, because I, I have my uh, heat on a very low setting in the apartment so that I, I feel like I'm more likely to get heat from uh, the other four walls of this apartment than for it to generate within the apartment itself. I don't know if it's uh, the neighbors have their heat at a higher level, so their heat kicks on sooner and then I leach through that heat, or if uh, I just sort of tough it out. But yes, I do sleep in bundles <laughs> to stay warm, but uh, my my, tem- my uh, the temperature in my apartment does stay pretty chilly, and I think that it's been conducive to holding onto these pumpkins long term, because I'm I'm in it for the long term. Fair. I would rather bundle up for sure. Now, I do the flip side uh, at our home. Uh, The tree, the Christmas tree, was up November 1. Uh, That's the rule at my home. Now, outside, there's still some Halloween harvest decor up. Got to find some free time to take that down. Um, But that'll be phase two. All to tell you that all Christmas decor in my house is up way before Thanksgiving, uh, with the exception of an advent calendar. Okay, so you're sort of living out the nightmare before Christmas right now, when two holidays collide. And actually, now that you say that, that is our theme this year and moving forward outside. I'm going to be that house that has Jack in the Santa outfit, that has Zero as Rudolph the Red-Nosed, or I should say Pumpkin-Nosed Reindeer. I'm going to have all of that at our home. Moving forward, uh, it's in the record as of now. Okay, Home Depot thanks you for your yes. purchases. <laughs> yeah, Walmart awesome. had a good Jack and a good Sally, so those will okay. be probably Are they 12 purchased. feet tall? No, these ones are maybe six or eight. They're small. Okay, well, it's something to build up to then. Uh, but this is a very exciting time of year. I mean, when I love the energy that people have going into... I guess the greater holiday season of starting to think spooky with Halloween uh, and then marking Thanksgiving briefly. I think a lot of people do. And then there are all these other holidays throughout the the later part of the year as well. And it's convenient how we've just lost a lot of sunlight, but we're lighting up the night in a different way. Uh, to keep that energy up there because it can be disappointing when it starts getting dark around 4.30 and you say, where did my day go? What am I supposed to do now? Do I go to bed now? It's 4.30. So it's nice that we have little pretty little string lights to keep us awake a little bit longer for a couple months. What will be unfortunate is when it's January and all these other decorations are down and, well, I, I don't know. And then we got playoff football. So that, that helps a little bit. When we get into mid-February, then it's the the trouble period where we have to uh, hold on to our crispy edamame bags and just sort of get through the winter until it starts to warm up a little bit in early March. But I don't know. F1 testing starts in February, so I'm pretty much set all year now. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you have that. Uh, again, I'm going to have to figure out a way to become a fan of that, maybe with the Las Vegas race coming up. I will uh, find a way to really identify with that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting race. It might be the most boring race, but as a new viewer, I think you will enjoy it. Where is it playing? Um, typically, well, okay, so it's weird. Uh, you're on, 
Eastern time. So for you, it will be 1 a.m. <laughs> um, this coming technically Saturday morning, or sorry, sorry, Saturday night, Sunday morning, 1 a.m. for you. Oh, okay. What channel? Be- it, it'll be most likely on ABC. It'll either be on ESPN. Usually it's ESPN, ESPN2, or ABC. Typically the Grand Prix, the actual big race, they push it out on ABC, and I'm sure there's nothing else that's going on at 1 a.m. on ABC. <laughs> okay. Well, that is um, exciting. I don't know if I'm going to be up that late, but <laughs> maybe I'll see the highlights on social media. They're, they're trying to do this as a true, you know, night race, um, and that's kind of the idea. But also the interesting thing with a sport like this is just how global it is, and so they also have to be aware of everyone else trying to watch it. Um, there are a couple races every year that um, – I've never seen live, and I don't know that I ever will. Like Japan, I'm pretty sure Japan is at like three in the morning. Australia is at like four in the morning. Um, where if you're in this continent, you kind of lose out on those with the live. But we get some really good other live races. Well, um, wait, 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 wait. If it's still at a very poor time for us in our time zones right over here, when it's on the other side of the world. When it's in our backyard, comparatively here, why is it still at such a poor time? I think because it's the night race. They won it at night in Las Vegas. It's so dark at 4.30. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But I think they're also looking at how do we get the biggest worldwide viewership is what I think. Um, I'm saying all this, and I'm, I'm trying to find um, the next race and for some reason the app i can't find when that oh here we go okay i can tell you right now yep the race i'm in central so the race is at midnight (laughs) november 19th so that's technically sunday correct yep so it'll be 1 a.m it's sunday for you okay well maybe i'll see it we'll see but Your first exciting. taste would be practice one. Um, that would be on November the 16th. That's a Thursday from 1130 to midnight. <laughs> I think I got something going on that night. Yeah. But, but we'll have to see. I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. It's going to see the, the, the little videos of the fast cars whizzing back past all those lights on the strip. It's going to be fun to see. Uh, maybe I don't have to watch the whole broadcast, but just sort of get the feel of it, see the... The Verstappen or whoever else. and <laughs> Oh, should I, should I have said another one? No, that's okay. He, he's just okay. my most hated. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, dear listener, if you're new to Corkscrew Convos, <laughs> welcome. Thanks for stopping by. We're glad you're here. Uh, take a look around. Take a listen. We've had a lot of fun episodes recently, uh, including an episode with the park president of Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, Jeffrey Siebert. Uh, in the late summer, as well as uh, some other fun episodes here and there as well. Uh, So there's definitely more than 100 episodes out there for you to check out and see if there's something that tickles your fancy, so to speak. And we have a fun episode here today as well, because DJ just got back from taking the family down to Orlando. Spent a whole week there, and we sort of previewed it last episode, and now it's time to get the full trip report day by day, step by step, of how it was. That's right. It's also a continuation from last episode, as Chris gave his rankings of his Halloween Horror Nights houses. I'm going to do mine here in the beginning of this little trip report, but to start, I need to 
preface this, uh, this was me and my wife as well as our two-year-old. So the focus wasn't the typical focus of what maybe I would experience at a park. It wasn't really about me or her. Um, it's the first time really ever that a park visit has been about someone else in our family, in this case, our son. Uh, and that's what made this really different. So we decided to drive for a myriad of reasons. Um, originally, I had some points, and then I realized that our son was over two, and he would have to buy a ticket. And I know what you're saying. Oh, you should have just told them that he was under two. But I don't, I don't fly like that. I don't ride like that. I don't, I don't live my life that way. Um, so decided, well, I guess we can drive. I've done it before. Um, from where we're at, it's 15 plus hours. <laughs> um, so we had to do this very strategically. So uh, instead, I, I used some of those points that we would have had to fly. I used them to stop at a hotel halfway. Um, so halfway, first time was a little area in Tennessee, and halfway the other time was a little area in Georgia uh, that we stopped at. So the first day was uh, driving, uh, and then it was also just kind of taking our time. We weren't driving extremely um fast and hard. Uh, we stopped for lunch at an iconic place that we uh, had always wanted to stop at that I had been at before. And so we, we took our time there uh, instead of just, you know, going through a, a drive through and eating as we're driving. Um, that's always not fun. Um, and it's a good, it's a good way to break up the drive. So we probably did four real stops each way as well. So what should be a seven, eight, nine ish hour drive is really about 10 hours each way. Um, what was this place that you had been to before and she had not? Uh, the original Lambert's Cafe, oh. the home of the Throne Rolls uh, in southeast Missouri, right up against the Kentucky border. Oh, and good old Simo down in the boot yes. hill. Uh, close, right okay. at the top of the boot of the boot heel. Um, but I've learned after telling people who are from the boot heel that I've not thinking I've been to the boot heel, they get very upset. So I don't say that I've been there. I've technically never been to the boot heel. You've never uh, been to Cape you're Girardeau? why the boot heel in Missouri is called the boot heel, uh, look at an image of Missouri and look at the southeast corner. It looks like a boot, the heel of a boot. Yeah. It's a magical place down along the Mississippi. But that's exciting that you uh, got to, to see that with your family. And you said you went to this place called Bucky's, whatever that is. Yes, yes. Uh, we encountered our, uh, actually, we got two Bucky's in um, before we stopped at our first location. Um, and then we also got two more Bucky's on the way down to Orlando uh, going through Georgia. So um, all in all, we stopped at, I think we shared one Bucky's technically. So it was three Bucky's in total, if I remember correctly. All very similar, all a little bit different. Um, but Different items were had at each. Um, I had an excellent lunch burrito, like a Chipotle-style burrito at Bucky's. It slapped. I mean, it was mm. so good. It's bigger than a Chipotle burrito. It's cheaper, and it was actually better, I thought. Uh, and I got it from Bucky's. I mean, I was just blown away by that. Um, got a variety of things on the trip back, going through Bucky's. But of course, we got some Beaver Nuggets at one point. I love their like plastic cupped cheese mix with like sausage and jerky those are really good um i think i got one of their frozen coffees it was kind of a frozen coffee it's kind of an iced coffee do it yourself type of situation um i think really where they're where they're lacking on their beverage is in the frozen coffee area other than that they've got it locked down but i'm talking about a frappe something like that that's my favorite um so kind of like made my own super sweet coffee. <laughs> um, but other than that, getting water, um, no merch bought at all. 
um, as far as like for the buck himself. Um, he was at almost every location we went to. Uh, so he followed us, uh, him and his large outfit. Uh, and of course they have great gas and it's cheap gas. Um, so other hmm. than that, there was a quick trip stop at one point. Um, but that, so, that held us down. It's, uh, I mean, it sounds like a great place, but my question is, is the hype real? Now, hear me out why I ask that. Because I always hear this universal adoration for Bucky's. Oh, Bucky's, gotta go to Bucky's, go out of your way to go to Bucky's. And I see people um, wearing the shirts that have the beaver on it and posting about their trip to Bucky's, that sort of thing. And I don't count myself as a contrarian. I don't think that's me. I try not to be. But it's sort of like I'm going to pull a little parallelism right here. Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm. I haven't played that game. I haven't seen the movie yet. But how wild the fans get about it. It has made me, I don't know if it's directly made me, but it's made me not want to engage with it. At least not go out of my way to engage with it. I know the movie's on Peacock right now. I could see it in the theaters too, but I'm like... Ugh. And to an extent, I think I feel the same way about Stranger Things, where I've done the house, but I have not seen an episode yet. And I'll see it again. And again, I'm, I'm not a contrarian. I really am not. It's just I'm like, wow, that's a lot. I don't know if I can do that right now. And that's sort of how I feel about Bucky's. I'm sure if I want it'd be a great time, but I just want to know, DJ, is the hype real? I think a lot of it is probably artificial in that it's like, you know, the brand is all about its own brand. So you feel almost like you have to like the buck. You have to like the beaver. Um, I will say what's great about their gas stations is they do not allow semi-trucks. So you never have semi-trucks crowding the pumps. Um, typically, the stations have, I think, 80 pumps or more, something like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. So there's always a pump you can find. You never have to wait for a pump. People, I'm sure someone's going to say, I have to wait for a pump all the time. Literally, all you do is just go around to the next side, and there's another pump available. Um, if you're waiting for a pump at Bucky's, it must be super, super slammed. Um, but I, I think the hype is there. Like I said, that burrito, best gas station burrito I've had, I would have said Sheets would have that title as of now. Yeah, was um, this burrito MTO? No. MTO is, is a great thing. Um, now, they do not have a quesarito like you would find at a Sheets MTO. Um, however, they don't need to do that. The burrito speaks for itself. Um, you Dear can listener, get, MTO is made to order. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a Sheets thing, and it's, it's great. I, I still love Sheets, but I guess that's the difference. It, it Sheets, it's, it's still at the end of the day. It's like a quick trip. It's like a Wawa. It's like a Casey's. It just, it's a 7-Eleven. It's a, it's a gas station. And yes, Bucky's is, but... Bucky's has so much things to buy other than convenience store that it's it's almost like the cracker barrel of gas stations in that there's legitimate merch there's outside of merch like you can get a legitimate like if you wanted a Yeti cooler or if you like Columbia PFG stuff um, if that's something you're into like they have actual mall shopping inside and they have actual smoked barbecue always available freshly smoked you can just get a brisket sandwich right there if you're missing Texas barbecue. That's a great way to get Texas barbecue is at a Bucky's. Well, now you're talking my language, but since you brought up the cracker Immaculate barrel, restrooms too, by the way. Oh, good. Let me derail the conversation for just a moment because you have uh, unlocked a memory in my head that I didn't know I had about Cracker Barrel. 
and I know we're 25 minutes in and we haven't gotten to a main topic yet, but there's, there's something that I, I want to share because I want to know if you feel the same way. It's uh, in the Cracker Barrel gift shop. I would always, of course, I haven't been in years, but I, was all, I would always gravitate to the kids area with the toys and various wooden things. It was near the CDs and the shirts that smelled like candles or something like that. And in the kids area, they would have this box and there would be a ball in it attached to like a a ferret tail that would just be banging against the sides of the box like it was alive and possessed and and doing something and i would just stand there looking at it and pick it up and say what have they done to this ball that it's attached to a tail that made it exist what is what is happening here does this qualify as life what's inside of there oh it was and then we go and eat ai see yeah i mean dj i mean earlier today i was thinking you know we need to do an episode that puts ai to bed at least in terms of the industry because i think most people do not know what artificial intelligence really means and really what it can do Uh, it's going to take a little homework on our end to put this together in in a way that it makes people understand but i think that is a, a very ripe uh, topic for a future episode about AI and theme parks and such, because of course it's going to be there. Uh, but I think we can have something to say there in the future. And in a way it's already kind of here in its infancy, if not more, but, um, you know, back to Bucky's back to the trip, got into Florida. Um, this time I actually got myself a temporary sun pass so that I could get around tolls easy and not have to go into my maps and say, don't go through a toll just make life easy. Um, as I said in the past episode, prepping this trip, hyping it up, this was my first true vacation to this area. So anytime I've been to Orlando, it's been attached to like something I've had to do or need to do, whether it was a two, three, four, five, six day, whatever. Um, there was always like things I had to do. So this was true vacation, take our time and enjoy it and have fun. Um, so we came in on a Saturday. That's after driving all day Friday and all day Saturday. Um, Saturday night, first stop. Do you want to guess where I went? Um, hmm. Rolled Chewies. in at around 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night. 7.30. You check in? We checked in. After we checked into our resort, we're ready to go. Where do you Disney think I went? Springs. Nope. Nope. Went right down the street to one of my other favorite businesses, a Publix. Oh, a Publix. Okay. Well, there are a dime a dozen over here. So I'm glad that you got to really embrace it and and embrace the affinity of that grocery store. Good good job. That's good. That's how I felt like a local. Um, so that was Saturday, getting groceries. We were in kind of like a condo situation. So needed groceries, needed to actually have things to eat and drink. And so purchased those. And then Sunday, in the daytime at least, um, we did Disney Springs. Um, we actually opened Disney Springs. I was there 10, five minutes before it opened and there was nobody there. There were no shops open yet. You could tell security just started showing up. Um, that was great. Um, and you could just slowly see it get a little bit busier as the day went on. But in the morning, it was kind of cool. It was about uh, about 60 degrees, so it was nice. Um, we kind of just decided we would walk from the parking garage all the way to the end where the little um, pin store is. There's the place where you can get your Mickey hats embroidered. Um, there's the place where the little train and merry-go-rounds at. We, we thought we would walk all the way back there. By the time we got there, Disney Springs would open. Then we'd work our way back. Um, and that proved to work out 
very well for us. Um, we did a variety of things there. We went through a variety of shops. Um, my son loved all the Disney shops. Uh, we did not go in the Lego store. It was slammed for whatever reason. I don't know if that's a new development. It seems like they now actually pulse the amount of people that go in there. Maybe that's a COVID um, leftover from that. Um, but now there's only so many people go in. I assumed it was that or either a high level of vandalism maybe. Um, so they know or not vandalism, but like stealing, maybe they're trying to figure out if people are stealing things, that's a better way to have less people in the store. Maybe it hurts the experience having so many people in the store. I always remember it being slammed in there. So I don't know. We just, we didn't think it was worth it. Our son doesn't really know what Legos are, but he kind of does. Didn't seem like it was worth it. Uh, We did decide to buy him uh, my first visit hat with the ears. It's a, it's a blue hat. My first visit's got the characters, main Disney characters on it. Went back to the embroidery place to have his name embroidered in the back. And that kind of set the tone for the day. We could explore after that, just kind of walk around, go in various shops. Um, the big surprise for us was the um, bowling alley Splitsville. Um, I had seen a TikToker, a writer, um, uh, uh, acquaintance of mine. His name is Shea Spence. Check out his channel, Shea Spence. He's awesome. He has said at Disney Springs, you got to check out this sushi at Splitsville. It's like, sushi at a bowling alley, what? Holy cow. My wife and I, hands down, we were like, that's the best sushi we have ever had. Now, I've not been to, like, you know, Japan, and I've not been to, like, a super, super nice sushi restaurant before, so I'm sure there is better sushi out there. I'm not saying it's the best sushi in the world, but in our collective experience, best sushi we've ever had. So that was Splitsville Sushi. Incredible service as well. Um, I originally wanted us to go to like Edison or um, really be honest places I was familiar with and I had to tell myself no stop don't do that we're not doing places that I've been before because we want to do new experiences and just try and be as unbiased as we can in the whole visit so uh, Splitsville Sushi check it out bowling looked fun too Um, looked like a great place to bowl but the sushi um, they have their own menu, extensive as well. Uh, and then we went over right next door to the World of Coke. Um, I have always wanted to do the um, world tour or whatever they call it of all the different flavors of sodas. And we did the, the, the biggest one. So it was like, I think it was over 20 flavors. It was like 22 or 23 flavors of things, including a little drink known as Beverly. Um, finally got to try that. Um, and... I think it goes back to the Bucky's conversation, to the um, the Five Nights at Freddy's. For me, the Avengers. I tried it. It's not terrible. Like people are like, this is the worst soda they've ever had, like, in their life, or not even worse soda. It probably is the worst soda I've ever had. But like, they're like, this is like, this is just terrible. Like, it's just terrible. Like people are like gagging and stuff. Like that's that's too much. I would rate it probably a three out of ten. Okay. Like if, like if someone was like, "Oh, we're we're out." Like if I'm just thirsty, I'm not going to a situation from like stranded on an island. But if I'm just thirsty and they're like, "All we have is Beverly," I'd be like, "Okay, I guess I'm drinking Beverly." Like it's, it's not that bad. It and when I looked into the history of what it is and why it exists, it makes more sense. Like why it would exist in the first place. And I think you had said in a previous episode that they don't produce it anymore. That is true. It is literally only produced for World of Coke and the Epcot Pavilion. That's all they That's use it for. wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, it being an Italian beverage, of course, uh, I imagine when it was served over there that it was only served tepid, room temperature or warmer. Would yes. that make it worse? 
Well, it, I think it was room temperature when I had it. It was tepid when I had it, I thought. Oh. No, it wouldn't be because it's carbonated, right? I don't know. I don't remember if it was room temperature. I want to say that it was. There were. It's a, The one thing about that experience is they mix in carbonated with uncarbonated drinks, and they don't just do, like, all the carbonated together and all the uncarbonated if you were to do, like, the order they want you to do it in. Um, so that made the whole experience a little tough. I mean, it's, it'd be like, I don't know. I, I mean, I like to mix my sushi together, but I know there are people that are like, okay, they do one roll and then they do the ginger and then they do another roll. They do the ginger. Um, how many sodas did you try at once? Uh, there were 19, I think it was 19 flavors at once. Yeah. they they pour them in like, um, it's like, I'm not going to say it's uh, a ripoff necessarily, but it's just like a um, a small like solo cup with like you can't see me, dear listener, but like an inch, inch and a half of soda, and we split it between the two of us. Like we didn't finish it at all. It was more just like a tasting thing, but it's not like like I had pictured. I think what maybe you're envisioning, Chris, where they were going to give us like 19 cans of soda. <laughs> no, I mean like my trouble when. I have, in various positions, had to go down the line at a soda fountain and test every line to make sure that the mix was right, and my palate was blown by the fourth yeah. drink. That's so. <laughs> that's that's what's tough. They don't give you a, a palate cleanser necessarily, uh, and maybe that's actually what the uncarbonated is supposed to do, because um, okay. they were more uncarbonated than carbonated, I think. Um, but I didn't really like. We didn't really think about why the order was the way that it was. Um, but we just decided, yeah, it's in an arbitrary numbered order. Let's just go through the line basically. Cause it's like doing a flight of beer. You have to know what you're doing. Cause it's all unlabeled. So they, they have it on a tray with numbers and then the, the cups correspond. Um, it was a relatively long line to do that. I think it's just because so many people were doing the flights that, you know, they don't have really an efficient way to do it. There's also like an ice cream float flight that you can do where they do various floats from with different sodas. Um, but Beverly is apparently this pre-dinner beverage that's supposed to calm your stomach. And what you taste is grapefruit, the rind of a grapefruit. So if you already don't like grapefruit, you're already in trouble. And if you don't like, you know, like orange zest or lemon zest, like that really powerful, almost like candle-like flavor, candle scent flavor, you're going to hate this. Like my wife said, that is the worst thing I've ever tasted, <laughs> period. She said, that is terrible. Um, and I just really had to sit with it and be like, it's really not that bad. I, I sipped it slow, like, kind of like a wine or a bourbon, just like didn't just go gulp like she did. I just like took it slow and I, I could, I mean, it was kind of pleasurable in a way. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, the more I think about it, I'm like, do I hate this? Like, why does everyone hate it? Because if you were to just like take a shot of it back or something, it's like, oh man, that's, that's a lot. But you have to imagine, I imagine myself being around a, a table. And if I had one of those mini cans, like the mini Coke Zero cans, like what if that was just Beverly and I was just enjoying my time? Just like if you had straight bourbon, like I'm just going to sip on this for an hour, hour and a half before the meal arrives. I think that's what helped. Okay. I'm so intrigued because I've never done any of these uh, sort of Coke sample experiences like that. So I, I wonder if I would come to it with as enlightened 
a take as you have, because I think you're very enlightened. Yes, I'd sip it uh, sitting on the porch overlooking the, the French Riviera, maybe. That, in, this, in that instance, this would be a good beverage, and others I'm not so sure. Uh, so <laughs> I, yeah, I'm going mean, to have to figure out said, a way to do that. If I just saw someone at a theme park or a sporting event, and they had a you know 32-ounce cup of with a straw, and they're just... Take it, like just sipping it back. I'm like, what are you drinking? Not and they're a like, cup. Beverly. It's going to be in those cans on the yeah, hat thing. The two, that they the two straw, two canned hat. Yeah. Like then I'm like, okay, like this is either not Beverly or like you are a psychopath. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so three out of ten. Uh, some other great flavors. Um, that was the day at Disney Springs. Um, really just enjoyed our time. Went back to um, where we were staying. They had a great pool, so we did that for about two hours. Son loves to swim, or try to swim. He can't swim yet, but he loves the water. Um, that set us up for uh, for dinner. Um, we did um, the pub sub. My wife had never had a pub sub from Publix, so I made a run over there again that day. It was literally like half a mile away. So convenient. We did pub subs. Uh, that was a great a great little dinner. And then I headed over for kind of my only solo sort of thing for this adventure, for this trip. Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Ooh. Um, I don't know if it was busy. Like, I, I think that's kind of silly to say about that event because it's like it's always busy. Like, it's, it's a limited time event with limited... It didn't look like it was busy this past Saturday, the last day of the event. On this no, uh, first weekend in November, seeing those lines, I was like, if I had known that the lines would be that short, of course, everyone else is thinking that. So if they do add it to the calendar next year, it's going to be swamped. But the people that got to go this last weekend, they probably got an amazing experience. But please. That's that's tough. I mean, the group I went with, they said the week I was there that they had heard from other, they're local to the area. They said that they've heard as well that the last week and the week after, best time to go because everyone who wanted to make a trip out of it already did it. Like not very many people are going there for Halloween proper or around that time. Mostly it's going to be like locals and the diehards, which it seemed like it was like, I can't tell you how many Halloween horror night shirts from other years that I saw. It felt like being at a not so spooky Halloween party day um, with a day when there's like the diehards there too. Like definitely more diehards and, have done this before type of people then oh we heard about this crazy halloween thing and we're here on fall break because our school's out and a lot of fall breaks are done this week that we went so dear listeners the week right before halloween that we went because halloween was on a monday this year tuesday it was, like it, was, it was past tuesday um so uh getting into the park um i'm very um i don't know if you'd like to drive with me chris getting into that park because Everyone knows that you need to be in the right lane, like four stoplights before they need to be. I take the left lane the whole way, and I just hope that I can squeeze in. Um, oh, to, no. to, to it's a social trap. If everybody tried to do that, it would be chaos. Why do you do that? <laughs> um, I, I just that that sh- that shaved like twenty minutes off of my visit, um, and I feel like I was one of the first folk in there for that event. Um, and it definitely felt like it. So I was almost right there at opening. I think it opened at 6.30. Um, I think I was in the parking lot out of my car, 6.25. Um, now you do have to go through City Walk and I, the bag check. The bag check was a nightmare. I've never seen it that slammed. But I think it's just because it's an event and it's going to be slammed. That's just the, the reality of it with an event like that. I didn't do what you did. I didn't go and do Islands of Adventure or something else and stay in the waiting area. Um, just went straight to the event. That's all I did. 
um, parked in Cat in the Hat as well. Um, so that event itself um, got right in as soon. It seemed like they literally the gates had just opened. I'm almost certain they did. Um, went to the first. I don't know if that first like area you go in is a scare zone necessarily. I think it's just like welcome to Halloween Horror Nights. Here's a menagerie of characters. They are going to lunge at you. Would you say that's fair? Like, I don't think that it's a scare zone necessarily. But they tied it into it's sort of the creatures of Doctor Oddfellow, that sort oh, of thing. Okay. And he was in there too, I think. Usually, uh, sort of yes, having he was. a good time. I remember that now. Yes, you're right. Um, so that would make sense. That that's what I did struggle with is the scare zones. Never knew really what was going on, or like I had like a sense of an overarching theme. But I'm the whole time I went through all of them. I'm like, where's the sign telling me I'm in? XYZ scare zone. Um, and I didn't really use the app for those. So the app was also weird. Like to get it to show the haunts, I had to go into the park map and show all the rides. And then I had to like, like close out of the app and then reopen the map, not the app, close the map and reopen the map. And then it would show. uh, So that was weird. Uh, that was probably my biggest complaint of the night, which isn't a huge complaint at all. Um, but somewhere where I'm like, that would be such an easy thing just to add a filter of the haunts. Well, I think um, the tricky thing with scare zones are is it's such a popular event. They have to build it for such a capacity that where scare zones may work at other parks by breaking up the path of motion and make people go around something with the exception of the mm-hmm. jungle scare zone, they really have to be careful with that where they can't really put a bottleneck in the pathway because then that's going to create such a backup when they're trying to move thousands of people through the park at once. And I think that's a, a, a challenge that they have to work around when they are building out these scare zones. But even so, I've enjoyed seeing those big set pieces like that plane up in the trees and mm-hmm. especially the, the Zodiac uh, scares on uh, we're not getting the exact names here but uh, I don't think people are listening for us to do that but the zodiac scares on Hollywood as well really good too uh, but yeah I definitely get what you're saying with the app too when I would get the wait times it would mainly be on I think it was the home page of the app where mm. I would scroll until it said like what's hot right now or something whatever that title was and then it would have wait times and I'd hit like see all and that's how I'd find it so I wouldn't find it through the map itself but I get what you're saying there yeah, I, and so I had some insider knowledge. I was meeting up with this group. I was telling you I was with a group, and I was like, hey, you know, how do, what's the best way to do this? I wasn't going to buy Express either. It's just too expensive for, for just me going by myself. I just didn't think it was worth it. Um, I knew I had 10 things I had to do. That's the 10 houses, 10 mazes. And they said, first thing you do is you go straight back to Oddfellow, and you go straight back to The Darkest Deal. They're like, do that immediately as soon as you get in. I said, Okay. So went in, turned right, went through the Zodiac, Hollywood, whatever that was, sped right through it, didn't really enjoy it, <laughs> just booked it, uh, and then booked it again through the jungle-themed scare zone, which was my favorite scare zone, by the way. Um, it reminded me of the Fright Zone at World's of Fun. Um, rest in peace. Uh, went through that, uh, sprinted through Simpsons, and went to, um, it would have been the Darkest Deal was my first haunt that I experienced, so... Um, went through that. Um, it was at first I thought voodoo, 
Um, and then I realized, no, it's more deal with the devil. Devil went down to Georgia, like you had said in the previous podcast, similar vein to that. Very creative. It was like one of those story-driven um, mazes where you see the same set piece about three times, and you see the progression of this musician who's been made this deal, and, and, and it's you know, pretty, pretty terrifying. Um, they're all terrifying in my opinion, except for one, but we'll get to that. Um, and got through that. Then I jumped over, um, after the darkest deal, um, right next to there was Dr. Oddfellows. So just so you know, the darkest deal, I waited less than five minutes. It was almost a walk on. Uh, and then Dr. Oddfellows was similar. Five minutes got right on. Um, Dr. Oddfellows was, was fine. Clowns don't really do much for me. So it was, you know, oh, cool. You know, it's a, it's a fair, it's a freak show, whatever, you know, by the way, each of these had at least one jump scare at some point. Cause I'm just very jumpy. Um, and I don't gauge a house by a jump scare because I'm just very easy to do that too. Um, I typically laugh and I, that's why I love these things. I love getting scared, but that's not how I'm rating these. Um, so did that. And then I looked back at the app. Uh, I realized that Blood Moon Dark Offerings would be the next um, house to hit. So uh, got that out of the way. Uh, and then after that was over, I jumped um, over to uh, Monsters Unmasked. No um, thoughts on Blood Moon? You're sounding very false hearted. Um, Blood Moon, actually, um, I was trying to think if I had done Blood Moon first or if I had done... Um, Monsters Unmasked first. So actually, let's go backwards and say Monsters, because I did Monsters third, because it was in that same back area. Yeah. Uh, and also, Oddfellows and Darkest Deal are those two, like, igloo houses, those, like, spherical Spring buildings. Tent? Spring tent? I think that's what they call them. I like that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I was Spring familiar tent. with what those were, and I was like, these are the ones together. I'll say again. Sprung tent, something like that. Sp- I don't know the exact lingo. Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of connected. They're back in there with The Last of Us. The Last of Us immediately, when I went back there, they already posted a 90-minute wait. So I don't know how accurate those wait times are. I had heard take the wait time and subtract 40 minutes is what I heard all night from the group I was with. Um, and that seemed to be true. Um, so then we did uh, Universal Monsters Unmasked. That was your number one, correct, Chris? Yes. From the last episode. So that was really good. Um I think there was an additional character there I didn't expect. So there was the Invisible Man, there was the Phantom of the Opera, there was the Hunchback. Who's the fourth? Wasn't there like a Wolf Man? No, that was um, Mr. Hyde. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so those were the four. Um, that was one that conga lined really badly and I felt rushed. Um, three separate times in three separate houses, I was told to me directly to keep moving. I was moving too slow. Okay, so you're sort of the opposite of me, where even if they, I mean, every single time I went through, we went in pretty much as a conga line at the beginning, and it stayed like that. Uh, but I, I find that when I go through houses, I am keeping maybe too fast of a pace, because if I'm at another park and we they are uh, really pulsing the line, I, I catch up because I'm moving through it. So it's a, just a, a curse I bear, I guess, to to put it into Halloween terminology. That's fair. I, I think for me, I just really wanted to take in a lot of the set design and find like Easter eggs and stuff and, and that sort of thing. Um, knowing I didn't have express had I had express, maybe I would have gone through quicker. I don't know. Um, but really took my time with that. Um, I really liked the setting of that one, the building, like the facade for monsters, how it was like printed onto the building. That was really creative. And the last of us did that as well. Um, so 
good house. Um, the fourth was Blood Moon, Dark Offerings. Um, great, great house. I love oh, that yeah. theme. I love that theme of a like colonial cult village that you don't know about that you've just stumbled upon and you're trying to figure out what's going on and it's kind of like a little bit of insanity kind of like oh i don't think a chicken's supposed to go there or oh um i think they're using a human as like a tool (laughs) instead of like this inanimate tool they're using a human to do this task um the scene that really is my favorite scene in the whole thing is it's like this church sort of setting with pews and there's they're all just fake dummies all wearing the same thing shrouded head um you don't know who's real and one of them's real and that person doesn't have to work too hard um but that was great that was such a good setting to like make you go through the aisles i thought that was so cool between the pews Um, oh yeah oh there went my my face Uh, you can't see that because you're not looking at the zoom call to your listener um so after uh blood moon dark offerings i was four houses down in about two and a half hours. So I was almost halfway done already. It was a great night. No express. Then I met up with my group. So we did, um, after that, um, Dueling Dragons. Um, so in there, got to choose thy fate. Um, I, too, went with blue because I have ridden on the red side of Dueling Dragons. Um, no, so no I, I'm opposite from you because I, I went with Pyrock, the yeah. red side. Yep. After only riding the blue side. Yep. So I Is realized when did? I was thinking about it that I had done the red side in when the coaster existed. So I was like, this would be perfect. And I can get the opposite opinion because I think Chris wanted me to do that anyways. Yeah. Um, and it counts as the credit that I never got. So. No. Perfect. Perfect. Same yeah. for me, I guess. Um, th- that house was, was, was fine. Um, I'm not really a, a, a fan of the, like, I almost see that one as live theater in a way. Um, but again, like anytime there's a jump scare, scary or not, I'm going to jump. So I jumped, uh, the ending in blue, um, was basically what seemed to be like Merlin or a similar figure saying, you've done it. You've saved the day. We've won. Um, didn't really get what was going on. I didn't do my research in that one. So I'm assuming Pyrock was like the world is ending. (laughs) No, I mean, it's the same thing, but the other guy won or something like that. But uh, it, it was a cool end, and I think high fantasy has the most untapped original potential in uh, mazes and stuff like that, too. I don't know a ton about um, what various parks and even Halloween Horror Nights has done um decades prior but it does seem like there is the most opportunity there Uh, there's of course always going to be where they spin the wheel for vampires set in this era and this is happening or yetis or zombies and just spinning the wheel and and putting these together but i think uh, there is definitely opportunities out there to go more into fantasy uh to be able to to get new stories to tell that's fair. I, I want to say the other year that I went, there was a dragon something, some fantasy similar thing. It was very similar vibes to me. Um, that was Dueling Dragons. Uh, then we did Yeti Campground Kills. That was a, a creative one. Um, in that house, before I went in, I was probably 15 people from going in. They stopped the lines to what it looks like circulate the cast. I didn't know they did this. Yeah, cast um, change. 
And so I really wish I hadn't seen that because that like kind of not ruined it for me, but I saw everything that was about to happen in a way. Oh, did like, you see the bear uh, walk in? <laughs> say, uh, I didn't, oh. um, I didn't get the bear. The bear wasn't there. No. That's so I missed the, after I'd done it, my group was like, okay, so you missed this really cool thing that wasn't there. You missed the bear. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah. So I got the animatronic fake bear that's at the beginning. And then I missed, I missed that. Um, when I so, first encountered a cast change, uh, it was everybody started clapping down the breezeway, and I was like, "Oh, did somebody get engaged?" Because usually <laughs> that's when that happens. And they said, "No, they're just changing casts." Fantastic. So, <laughs> that's I awesome. could see someone who's into <laughs> yeah. the spooky yeah. proposing right in the middle of the sweaty breezeway. Why do they call yeah. them breezeways if there's never even any moving air down there? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, if if people do it at Disney, they're probably going to do it at Horror Nights. Um, I, by the way, I had a fantastic like temperature. I don't think it was above eighty ever. Like it was mid low seventies was great. I'm very um, happy for you. The opposite of your experience. <laughs> um, so after Yeti uh, went over to the Exorcist Believer, this was probably my most hyped house because, as we said in the past episode, I saw the movie. The movie was trash. I was like, maybe the maybe the 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 house will do it some justice and it was scary uh they got a really good scare where um um leslie odom jr's daughter um she's her head's down and she's not real or no sorry that's not right at all she's like in the air suspended as the exorcism's happening in one chair uh, or above that chair and then behind her is the other girl um she's got her head like down or up or something and you have to go around that room and i stared at her for probably like 20 seconds and i was like wow, that looks so much like a real person. That's unbelievable. And I finally let my guard down and she knew the, the actor knew she jumped right at me and it got me so good. It was the best scare of the night because I was just so convinced that she was not real. Um, wow. I think you see the devil or sorry, uh, Pazuzu. Um, I think you see that demon more, uh, in that house than you do the entire movie, which is like usually how the, the IP stuff goes like the insidious house, or sorry, not insidious. I never did that one. Oh yeah, I did the insidious and the sinister houses. Like you see the, the, the antagonist more in the house. Cause you just have to like, you have to scare the whole time. Um, so I thought that one was done really well, just as far as like how they made the m- movie like happen in the house. Um, after that we decided to do stranger things. I have, no knowledge of stranger things at all. I've seen the very first episode and that's it. Um, but the wait was like 50 minutes and my group was telling me that's like unbelievable for this thing. We got to do it. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, and I mean, I got some jump scares. I knew what the Demi Gorgon was, but it was, that was at the very end as you're leaving, like out the exit, the main scares are Vecna. Uh, and then just like the live acting that happens. Um, the, the way they did the upside down was really cool. Um, that was a really good convincing, upside down area um makes me think of like fun houses and how they could upgrade their upside down areas um so you know i don't it it still didn't inspire me to watch the movie i'm gonna be honest or watch the show um i'm like i don't it's not i don't know i don't know um but it was well done house i suppose uh, after that, went over to, well, there's only one left. I guess it'd be The Last of Us. Well, technically one left. Um, that was the longest way to the night we knew it would be, so we saved it till the very last. So actually, before we did that, um, we watched the show that 
replaced um, uh, the show that's been there for years, um, the Bill and Ted. Nightmare Fuel? Yeah. This was Nightmare Fuel, comma, something. It was the second year they've done it. Um, but I think in the past was the first iteration. This is the second iteration. Very good show. Um, really good illusions. Like, um, there was one that was really, really, really good. Um, lots of fire dancing, lots of, um, stunts, trampolines, um, um, oh, the, the axe in the air, the flying, um, I, I can't think of what that's called right now. Um, and that was definitely an adult show. Like, there's, you should not be taking a child to that <laughs> at all. Um, but they're very good about telling you that children shouldn't be here, and I don't think I saw any. So, um, again, this event is the antithesis of anything Disney, probably. Um, so the show was good. Might be a top five theme park show for me, maybe top three, just at how many people were in it, how well it was choreographed. Uh, so then we went over to The Last of Us, finally. Um Loved that it was the video game, seeing Joel and Ellie as their original selves in their polygon form uh, on the uh, facade of the building was so cool. Um, I loved being in Pittsburgh. They did that so well. Um, what really shocked me, I think the best part of that house was when you went um, into the depths of like where you are in Pittsburgh to where the spores are. And they had the spores like in the air as it was interesting. The group I was with, uh, one of the people said, this is so cool how they, um, make the dust look like this. Um, like, like the building's old. And I'm like, no, this is like, these are the spores from the game. Like we need to, I felt like I needed some sort of respirator on. Cause it's like, you cannot breathe this, uh, and spoiler, Ellie can, uh, Joel can't. So when you play Joel in the game, you have to put your respirator on. I'm like, this is, it made me feel weird. Cause like the whole game is like, you should not be here. That's where the clickers are, where they're full of clickers and bloaters and bleeders and the different varieties. Uh, and they did such a good job at the costumes. So after that was over, didn't have much time. I think the park was open for like 20, 30 minutes. I left the group because they wanted to go home. It's open until 2 a.m., which is insane. So it's like 1.30. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. Uh, I'm going to try and see these um, Death Eaters. And I'm going to try and get on Green Gots. I'm going to try and get some butter beer. All that was closed, even though the area was open in Diagon Alley. So it's like, well, crap. I'm like, oh, there's one house I didn't do. I didn't do Chucky. Because uh, everyone said, no, it's terrible. Um, when in that, I was like by myself. Uh, so that added to the fear. It was pretty creepy. Like, usually that doesn't get me at all. Had I been a conga line... I would have been fine, but they focused on me the entire time. So, I'm glad you got that personal attention there. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I wanted in a lot of these houses. Like I said, there was a good three of them where they were like, keep moving, you know, they were yelling at me. So I took it slow, and I got some good scares out of Chucky, which, you know, beggars can't be choosers, but yeah. Did you get any cool merchandise? Did you go to the tribute store? I went to the tribute store. I went to the also the last store, like the last last call or whatever it's called. Um, I was just so 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 close. I even went in like the Universal store in City Walk as I was leaving because I'm like I gotta get something, and I don't know if I'm starting to feel this uh, these times that we're living in. But I see some of the merch costs and some of this stuff, and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like I really wanted a Last of Us merch item and all they had was a t-shirt and a hoodie that's it and i'm sure it was a licensing thing i don't know um but looking at that hoodie it was a nice hoodie i'm like how often am i gonna wear it am i gonna wear it at all i've got all these shirts all this clothing and that hoodie was 55 dollars i'm like yeah so 
everything else just you know how i am with theme park merch i'm like i just wouldn't see myself wearing it so i got nothing <laughs> yeah i'm holding up a, a poster here that has every single house on it I remember that and yeah i mean i think they've sold shirts of it keychains of this various design here i ended up getting this at the airport in that mm. store Okay. Because I realized they're never going to sell this again. Right. These houses are never going to be here again. And this was my first Halloween Horror Nights. It wasn't your first, but this was my first. Nope. And this is something that I have to remember it by. Uh, these houses coming together to give me a great time. I think that's uh, so a great was, reason to buy that, honestly. Yeah. I, the, the only thing I was also on the fence, you may remember it, it was a ball cap. And it just had this orange pumpkin with just like a big face. Oh, okay. Um, you would not know it's HHN unless someone told you. So I was like, maybe I could buy that and wear that September 1 through October 31. But again, I just, I've got so many hats. <laughs> like, uh, I'm good. Um, so that was my event. Would you like to know my ranking? I did no food either. Um, I was all about I to ask, did, was, did you eat any food? Did you drink any drinks? You did not. I had a Sprite from one of the the people that were just How like spooky. in in the queue lines, a very crisp, uh, really a uh, nuclear reaction in my mouth. And then I had two Dasani waters. <laughs> so pretty easy. Okay. I did the ticket and parking and I'm like, man, I've already spent a lot of money. I feel like, so <laughs> yeah, me, I got one of those, uh, refill cups. That was actually also Halloween Horror Nights branded as well. Uh, for my two days, I, uh, I definitely stayed hydrated with that. It's, it's so convenient how they have the freestyle machines out there. And sure, they would back up sometimes, run out of ice, but that's how it is everywhere. But uh, it was Fair. another souvenir for me. I ended up getting a keychain, the poster, and a couple things for other people. I had a couple super fans for The Last of Us that I had to get something. So, yes, I yep. got them that shirt. Yep. Uh, and then... Uh, Did you see the hoodie where the text went down the sleeve? That's what I liked. It just said The Last of Us down the sleeve. It's the same as the shirt, oh. exact same, but it's got that extra thing on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to spend 55 on that, <laughs> so I got the shirt, which was a little cheaper for them. True. All right, so uh, I'm going to do a tie at number nine because... I just, I can't figure out which one I don't like more. <laughs> uh, and, okay. and I'm going to preface this and say these are all really good. There was not one where I was like, I can't believe I waited for that or that shouldn't be here. I thought they all deserved a spot there. I thought they were very well. I thought they were all indicative of the price that I paid to get into this event. So don't feel cheated in any way for any of these. I know some people said, oh, Chucky was terrible. Again, I had a different experience than most people probably did in Chucky. So, number nine tied at the bottom, the Stranger Things, the Stranger Things, Stranger Things four, okay. and Dueling Dragons: Choose Thy Fate. Oh, at the okay. bottom. Yep. Now for and me, I, Dueling Dragons, I only got to do it once. I uh, Dueling Dragons was the house that made me change my trip said i gotta do hhm because they're dueling dueling dragons <laughs> i but, think uh, you didn't like it, it. maybe overhyped not saying you're solely responsible for this but so many people were like in my group even they're like oh you're gonna love this one it was cool lighting cool tech like that i think yes um i would agree I, the costumes were creative if there had been a coaster piece track or a car that might have Oh, that would have been just a little bit too on the nose. I know, but there was like nothing. So it's, it's fine. It's fine. 
Um, number eight, then, is going to be Odd Fellows, um, just because that theme just doesn't really do much for me anymore. Um, have you seen um, House of a Thousand Corpses? No. So th- basically, that's what that house was to me. It was a watered-down House of a Thousand Corpses, and it wasn't at that level. So I think if they had gone to that level, I might have liked it a little bit more. But, you know, I like the lore and everything there. That was eight. Um, number seven is right beside it, Darkest Deal for me. Um, kind of like the same, you know, it's it a cool story, um, some good scares, but... I think those are the two smallest houses as far as like square footage anyways. And they do kind of feel like it not saying they weren't worth it. Cause I waited like less than five minutes for both, but, um, had it been a two hour wait, I don't know. Uh, then we're moving up to number six, going to be the exorcist. Uh, so middle of the field, I thought it'd be at the bottom. So good scare in there. I thought it was creative how they did some of the things and the demon Pazuzu they used was pretty scary. Um, liked that. Uh, and then hearing the um, the tolling bells song or whatever it's called, something bells, um, the main thing from The Exorcist was so cool. I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. I was pointing out to the group. They're like, yes, we know. We know. We've done this. Um, number five was Universal Monsters Unmasked. Very good. Very Oof. good. When we're, we're at number five and up, we're like splitting hairs here. I think it could go really either way. I'm actually putting Chucky at number four, um, and that is just because had to be my experience. It was just me. Um, and they were ready to go. And I think that may have made them upset. Like they were ready to pack up and they're like, all right, we're really just going to give it to this guy because he's making us stay here two minutes before we close. (laughs) Um, it was really stupid that it was in fast and furious queue as well. Like that didn't, I, I don't know. Didn't work out, but, um, yeah, it just seemed long, I think, because I was by myself, and every scare got me in a way. No, so. It was a, a long house, definitely. And, and that was sort of my experience with yeah. Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins, doing it at the end of the night, not having anybody in front of us, so hitting everything. And that, I think, is why I ranked it so much higher. It was yeah. a really good house, and I had a really great run with it. I think that's a, a, a good reason to have it up there. I mean, that's why Chucky's up there for me. Uh, I'm actually tied with you for number three, Yeti Campground Kills. Um, yeah. Very good. Very creative. I love a camp scene. They made you really feel like you were in the woods. Uh, it was cold in there. Uh, that was one. Along with The Exorcist, where the scents, you know, where, the, where you smell the things, really got to me. Um, I forget that they even did that. Um, so then this was hard to do. This was hard to do between number two and number one. Number two is The Last of Us. I know that was... It seemed to be low on at least the group I was with. Um, and I think the reason why is because... I played that game so many times, beaten it like three or four times just to replay it. So replayable. Um, it wasn't the show. I, I think that's why I liked it more. And I think maybe people were upset because they wanted the show. I don't know. Um, but just, they did it so much justice. Like the scale in the game, you feel this immense scale of being in a city. They did that very well. Um, it was one of the larger sound stages it had to have been. Um, and then seeing a bloater at the end, I was like, holy cow. Like, They did a good job. Um, They took some actual lines straight from the game. Like they ripped the exact audio and it, it put me in that spot. Like there's a spot in the game where you're trying to make progress while Ellie's by herself behind you, basically acting as a sniper and she's never shot a gun. And that scene, they just did such a good job. Like I felt like I was taking cover behind the cars. Get down. I'll cover you. Yeah. Straight from the game. Uh, and then that leaves number one, Blood Moon 
dark offerings. That's exactly what I'm wanting. Um, made me feel like I was in the AHS Roanoke when that was the house I had experienced my first go around with this event. I love a creepy just group of people that don't things just aren't right. Set design was so good. So many good scares. The I wish I could have done that one again. The church. Yes. Oh. The yeah. bell. Yeah. Um, I could see how Monsters was higher for you. Um, yeah. I just. Well, I think there's a, a personal connection of already loving those stories for me. Uh, for Phantom and Hunchback. And, and so I guess The Invisible Man and, and Mr. Hyde. But it was. Uh, I don't know. I really liked the aesthetic of it, too. And I did have that personal connection with the guy at the beginning mm. who looked down at me and said, You! Yes, you! Have you seen any monsters around? Something like that. <laughs> so, of course, I had to keep an eye out, but that did make it special for me. Well, and it's clear from our listing, we're, we're pretty set on the top five and the bottom five, the exceptions being Oddfellow and Chucky for both of us. Yeah, that is where we differed, but that is also where we got those special experiences, each one of us. Yeah, Let me so new that's a pretty good list, I think. Um, trying to be unbiased by yours, I think I was. So, DJ, I really, I think you summed it up right, that we did sort of gravitate towards a top, fives, a top five and a bottom five, but of course, uh, incredible houses, each one of them, incredible work that these characters did, the designers did, putting it all together, the stage managers did, making it all happen. Uh, it was an incredible first event for me. I guess this was your second event, right, that you'd been to? Yes. How I did had it been compare? In, I'd been in 2017. Um, I'm going to be honest, it pretty much matched. It was exactly what I expected. It didn't seem like anything was taken out. If anything, I didn't have to buy an Express Pass this time, so that was uh, a bit better. Uh, that would be my biggest feedback to anyone going to this event, is try to do the last two weeks of it, uh, and you probably will save yourself some money, and you might enjoy it more. Now, that being said, I did not do a single ride. No rides at all, because I've done that park. No time. No time, and I've also I've done the park four times, I think, before this, and they've not put in anything new outside of the Minion ride, and I don't care. <laughs> And it's not open at night either. No. So yeah. if you want to, I think that's where people might screw themselves uh, going to this event is uh, screw themselves up. Like if you want to ride Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, you can do that. If you want to ride Mummy, you can do that. If you want to go to Diagon Alley, sure. But you're, you're not really, you are paying for it and you're not. So just be careful. Maybe if you have a Russia Fear Pass or something like that or Frequent Fear where you are able to consume the event repeatedly and pop into a house when it's at a convenient line yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, but definitely not for us. We're going down and, and seeing it, trying to get it all in one or two nights. But uh, yeah, it was a great event. I still regret that I didn't have pizza fries. You didn't have them either. So, <laughs> I couldn't find them. Uh, I couldn't remember where they were at. And then by that point, I was Springfield, like... Springfield, yeah. somewhere oh, around okay. there. All right. I could smell them, but I couldn't get them. Yeah, I had my pub sub and I was pretty set I, I didn't need anything so yeah so let, let, let's close up hhn talk i have one more question for sure. you sure uh what was the single best scene or moment out of any of the houses for you would you say it was that church or was it something else i'm gonna say all three and then by me saying three i'll be able to deduce down to one so the church in blood moon was up there the um last of a scene where you're going through the cars and Ellie's covering you. Um, and then 
the exorcist scene with um, the one girl floating and the other one just sitting there and jumping out at you creepily. Um, those are the top three. I think I'm going to give it to The Last of Us because I, that just, how did they do, like, that's a video game and they and they did it justice. And I had been dreading that house all night because I'm like, man, it's going to be the last one. What if it's really not good? People are saying it's not good. I love this video game series so much. The show, I've not even finished the first season, which it was good, but it's just different. Um, it's more about character development stuff. And like how, what makes the game The Last of Us a horror game is you have five enemies ahead of you. You know, they each take two or three bullets to take down and you've got 10 bullets total. Like you cannot miss a shot. And if you do, you're going to have to run or you're going to have to find a pipe or something to try and survive. A lot of the time in that game, you're not killing everything. You're killing a lot of things. Then you're running away from one or two other things. And they made you feel like you were running away. And I think they did a good job with that. Well, I did have a scary good time at Halloween Horror Nights. I know you did too, Chris. And you may have questions for us, dear listener, of how that experience went for uh, myself, for Chris, and maybe a little bit deeper than we were able to go into on the episode this time around. So be sure to send us those questions if you have them. Let's have a corkscrew conversation with you. It doesn't need to be timely. We could talk about Halloween in February, or we can talk about the 4th of July in December, whichever you would prefer. We have talked about Halloween in February. We have an episode that's titled Halloween in February from this year. <laughs> Duh, that's why I said it, Chris. No, I, oh, I, uh, okay. I remember now. But there, we, okay. we are available via email, corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. And then we're on all the major social media platforms, X, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. It's all at corkscrewconvos, some sort of variation. I don't think we're on the threads yet. I, I think we are. We I don't know if we've threaded a lot, we'll but I think we're on I think it. we secured we secured the bag, as they would say these days. Bag secure. Yeah. It is secure. And you know what else we'd like to secure? If there's a, a written five-star review on Apple Podcasts out there and you want to leave it, dear listener, please go ahead and secure that for us. It helps us to grow the show. It's really quick, free, and easy way to do so. If you also listen on Spotify, that's perfectly fine, too. You can leave a, a five-star review there as well. You can even do both if you feel so inclined. It's a, a free, quick, easy way to help out the show. But until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. Wait, did we close out by saying we're going to talk about Walt Disney World next episode? No. Okay. Dear listener, if you're still listening, at the end of episode two, we do a little bit of time traveling where we cut it in two episodes at the same time. So we're about to talk about Walt Disney World in the next episode that comes out with DJ's trip with his family there. But first we have to... Uh, we, we've already talked about that. We're going to... Next episode that comes out is going to be Walt Disney World. We're closing up Halloween Horror Nights right now. Good night. <laughs>